bad. Has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Um, today we have the head coach at Valley View High School here in Ohio, uh, head coach Matt King. Coach, how you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? Doing good. Can't complain. Um, well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, coach is obviously the the head coach of a very storied program in our in our state. Um, but how did you end up as the head coach at Valley View? Yeah, I graduated from Defiance College in 2010 and uh, got my first teaching job at Bell Fountain High School. Um, and I taught math there, high school math, and um, and coached there for for five years. I coached under Chris Schmidt and uh, Toby Smith there. So then I left there and uh, after the 2014 season, uh, moving closer to my wife's family. Um, and so there was a math opening there and we had a couple connections in the district. And so uh, I got the math teaching job there and uh, was on with Chris Ketcher on there for a year, um, coached some safeties um, my first year. And then the next year, Bob Skidmore took over and uh, coached linebackers. Um, or then coaching in the weight room and coaching the special teams was a special teams coordinator. Um, and then I coached there uh, until, uh, until Bob left and then coached a year with uh, coach Moyer there and was the co-defensive coordinator and, and special teams and uh, strength and conditioning and um, linebackers. And so uh, that opened up there. I interviewed it each time it had been open. Um, you know, the first time was definitely a learning experience to go through that process. And then um Coach Skidmore after he left, and then after Coach Moyer uh, got the job there. So uh, I guess that's a little bit about that. Okay. Um, like, I mean, I'll never say Bayview was, like, down. But, you, I mean, they went through a rough patch from what they were, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. What has it been like, or what has your process been in, in rebuilding Bayview? Into, I mean, you made a good playoff run this year. You guys were very good this year. Um, what has that process been like and what, how have you kind of, I don't know, caught, uh, swung the turnaround, should I say? Uh, we had a couple of good years there. Never, you know, we had the 2019, we're in the regional final there versus uh, Wyoming and lost that game. Um, had some strong teams, but we we're able to kind of, I guess, get over the hump a little bit this year. Um, I guess there's a little bit of going about it when you, when you take over as a head coach is do you kind of go along with, with the tradition or, you know, kind of change things whole, wholesale. And um, I guess me ha having been there, this was my eighth year there. So been there seven years, I kind of felt like I was a part of it and understood kind of how things went. And so I didn't uh, really go and make a whole lot of changes. So, you know, things were pretty much similar to how um, they were when coach Ketron and coach Skidmore were there. Um, that's kind of what I was used to. Um, and so I thought that went well, you know, every year you'll, you'll probably make changes and grow and learn, you know, hopefully. Um, but I, I think, you know, to be honest in the playoffs, I think some things just have to kind of fall your way. I mean, we were very fortunate injury wise. Um, so, so that always helps. Um, I felt like we had a real good staff. Um, 
coaching staff was very experienced and, um, you know, we had really good players. And uh, so when those things kind of all fall together, I think, you know, that that's going to be a real good chance for success. So um, things kind of went well and I just try and, you know, manage it and organize it. And you know, it was fun to be a part of. And then the kids played really, really hard. And, um, you know, sometimes things a little bit got to fall your way to get to, you know, that to win the region and, and kind of do some of those things. So we were kind of fortunate this year, along with, I feel like we, our coaches coach really, really well. And we had some really good players. So you mentioned you have a very experienced staff right there. Or So when you got hired, how many, how much of the staff did you look to keep and how many of those guys were either guys who had been there before that you brought back or new guys? What did you look for in a staff when you looked to hire? Because, I mean, like I said, you got a lot of experience there. Where were you? Yeah. How were you able to pull that group together? Right. Yeah, so um, this year we actually – I really liked the mix of guys that we had had that I had already known previously versus guys that were completely new to Valley View. So, um, you know, we had ended up – 12 guys total, including myself on staff. Um, from, from let's see, the 2021 season, there was uh, just two guys, three, including myself from that staff. But from previous staffs, um, there would have been one, two, three, uh, four different guys uh, that, that were from previous staffs at Valley View. And those guys were pretty experienced. Um, you know, Coach Coach Stidham, Butch Stidham, um, you know, has almost 20 years experience. Um, Chad Cradleball coaches wide receivers, and he's pushing 10 years. Jared Henry is a guy that's been on staff, uh, was on all the staffs. Uh, he came in just before I did. Um, so he was on all those staffs and is a Valley View guy. And so so those guys, and then brought in some other guys that those, some of those coaches gave me those names, you know. Those weren't all guys that I just knew. And so sat down with them and just talked with them um, and, and really – as I've been around this here, this would be year, uh, this was 13, my 13th season, you know, anybody who's been around football to be a good coach, you just got to coach and you got to open your mouth and you got to coach players and you got to help them get better. Um, and, and that's what I was looking for guys that would actively coach and sitting down with, with the guys that I brought on, you could tell that they would do that. They would, they worked really hard. They were organized. They, you know, work well with kids, um, excited about football. They enjoyed it. Um, those types of things. So that's really what what I look for in a coach. Um, obviously, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But man, I had a coach in college that I sat down with Craig McCord. He's in the Coaches Hall of Fame in the state of Ohio. He has over 200 wins. He started the program at Ayersville High School. Um, and he when I talked to him, you know, before I graduated, I just said, hey, well, you know, what's your advice on coaching? And he says, well, you know, from me being your linebackers coach that I never stopped talking during practice, like I'm constantly, you just have to be constantly engaged. And that's always something that I've always kind of paid attention to as you coach with guys and you see their coaching style, you know, someone who is actively coaching is always engaged, is focused because, you know, you get that ADD kick in a little bit and you can be off looking at the trees or whatever. And it's not hard for even coaches to do. So you just got to be really focused. And um, that's just always something I've looked for. Okay. Now they are, they are, uh, we'll get to your defensive background here in a minute, but as a defensive coach, what were you looking for when you were, took over for your offense? Like obviously value has some history of being a little more wide open passing offense historically. Sure. Um, Maybe not as much as recently, but I mean, they're, they, I mean, the, the, the run and shoot that has been around, been named with them. So when you're looking for an offensive identity, 
what were you looking for as a defensive guy and as a head coach and what your personnel was looking like after being there for 11 years? Right. Um, yeah, I, I'd say I, I was going to be really, really comfortable with, I, I was pretty, pretty confident with coach Stidham. Um, and, and I'm not as from a, just from a head coach's perspective, I'm not going to be real picky. Um, I think anybody who coaches football knows you want to be able to run the ball. Um, but, you know, I want to be able to run the ball, but I want to be able to attack all the, all the parts of the field. You know, I mean, you, you got to be able to make the defense defend all, all parts of the field. You, you know, you can't just uh, pigeonhole yourself into being a one-dimensional offense. And so um, just my conversations with Coach Stidham, um, you know, you got to be able to do that and being able to attack running the ball, running the ball inside, outside, be able to throw the ball, um, whether in the, in the quick game or in, you know, longer, longer developing plays, you, you got to be able to attack the whole field. And so um, I felt real comfortable with that. Good sound football is obviously going to always – be successful for you. Taking care of the football um, and running the ball are are really going to help you there. Good. Now, also with that, like I said, going back, you you, I mean, you have a special teams background too. But as a defensive coach, um, playing at Defiance, playing at Riverside High School, and then coaching at, at um, Valley View for thirteen years now, how has your defensive philosophy grown and evolved over the course of that time? Yeah, it, it um, yeah, it, it's a process. Um, there was, you know, there's the phrase: the more you you learn about football, the less you feel like you know about football. Um, there, there's just a lot to it, and, and it's just constant being around different people and learning and watching film. Um, I would say I, I pretty much always coached in a, in an odd front. Um, whether you know it looked more like a five-two when I first started coaching at, at Mel Fountain, and then it turned into more of a three-four here at Valley View, um, with a year there and an, and an even front with uh, Coach Catron. Um, but you just start to really kind of understand it. It always helps coming from a linebacker's perspective. You already feel pretty comfortable with the the D line and the linebackers, but learning the the DBs more, and I got some experience there at Bell Fountain, and then again at Valley View. Um, so I think just having a deeper understanding of of, of what you see and you know, it's not fun to prepare for, but we see a lot of different offenses. I mean, we go from from Brookville that's that's running the full house um, to you know Springfield Shawnee that's running spread to you know whatever you might see. You know, Oakwood's in a spread, Bellbrook's in a wing T. Um, you know, it's, it Eaton's you know spread RPOs. I mean, it, it's all over the place, and so um, it, that definitely helps you understand. <laughs> Um, is understand defense and, and what to cover up and how to cover it up. And, you know, just, you know, that experience is huge and seeing things that worked and things that didn't and, and how your personnel fits. And um, so it, it's just been a process with that. And it does help to see those different offenses and to understand how you can manipulate your defense and, and use guys in different ways. And, and some years you're able to do it well. And some days, sometimes you weren't based on personnel. And um, I guess that's, that's kind of how it's going. Now you you mentioned your your schedule there, and that's one of the things I was going to ask you. And I and I kind of told you I was going to like yeah. you. There's there's a gauntlet of, of variety there that you kind of see. Um, how do you like, in, in both in and out of season? How do you prepare for that? Because like you see full spread offenses, you see RPOs, but you also see old school wing T, old school full house uh, teams that are just going to whack you in the face, and other teams right. that are going to finesse you. How do you, and even in your playoff region, your playoff region is pretty, right. 
wide wide verse as well. How do you in and out of season prepare for what you're going to see? Yeah. Um, defensively, I think, I mean, something that I've started doing, and I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm positive I'm not the only coach that does this, but, you know, I'll, I'll go through here, and, and as you rewatch the film, I'll, I'll, start, I'll just draw cards. And, you know, what did they run against us? Um, it's always nice, obviously, to feel comfortable with the team, you know, a team that you've played before, like a Brookville, who's been on our schedule since I've been here, um, versus this year we'll pick up Waynesville and Edgewood, and, you know, you just haven't played them before um, since I've been here. Um, so, but, you know, I like to draw the cards and do that. And then from a linebacker's perspective, honestly, you know, being this a, a gap down backer podcast and that wing T, um, if you can read guards, in my opinion, you can, you can, you can read about any defense or any offense, you know, I mean, that, that really is beneficial to you. Obviously zone is different and, and, you know, gut is different or that's what I call the guard wrap, what most people call power, um, you know, the GT counter, the HG counter, all that stuff. But, but a lot of it goes back to your guards and reading your keys. I mean, it's really base football uh, in my opinion, you know, the more that you can teach that um, and the more really, if you can get those safeties, I feel like, you know, from our, from our defense, running a too high look, if you can get those safeties to be able to read linemen, you know, it might be a different lineman or read somebody, you know, that's going to help you. I mean, that's, that's going to make it better. And, and sometimes it's nice, uh, you know, like verse Brookville, there's times we get in, into more of like a five, three look, you know, and, and those backers, I guess the fundamentals as far as from a linebacker play is, is repping them versus all the different things they can see three receivers, two receivers, tight end, one receiver, um, and, and just repping that stuff up. So, that's kind of how I, I prep it, you know, when you got your 10 days in the summer um, or, you know, talking to the guys and, and getting on the board. I think, I think the more they understand football and know football, the easier it becomes. Um, obviously, experience helps. Um, we were super blessed with that this past year, having our two inside backers were you know, third year starting. Um, so they had a lot of reps. Um, but the more they understand football and board work and those things, I think it, it really pays dividends and you can quickly transition from one offense to the next if they understand kind of how, how football works. Now, now with that, from a prep standpoint, do you think you spend more time working on how your fronts run fit for each of those various offenses or making sure your coverages are aligned properly for both the coverage part, but also to make sure your fits are good? Yeah. Um, I feel like – it gets tricky because it, it, to me, you, you kind of prepare for that base stuff and then you kind of go off of that. So it, your coverage stuff is, I don't want to say easier because you can easily get out, out, outnumbered versus a, a, a Brookville versus a full house in the pass game if you're screwing up your coverages. So um, really the more that I, I talk about it evolving, the more you're, you really got to pay attention to those coverages. I mean, you just got to make sure that you're not um, you're not giving something up something up there while staying staying sound in the run. Um, you know, when we didn't give up big plays, we were pretty effective defensively. I mean, that's that's a pretty easy stat for any defense to see. You limit those explosive plays, and so you don't want to give up the big plays in the pass, um, and you got to give it covered up gap scheme wise. Um, so I think it's got to be a mix, honestly. Like there's just no, you, you got to be, you got to be sound both. And you can't, I mean, once you start over, usually when you, it seems like when you start over, over prepping for something or you're trying to get more guys in the box, well, now you're vulnerable in the pass. Or if you're not getting enough guys down in the box quick enough, 
now they're picking up six yards of six yards of pop without any problem. So um, it, it's definitely a mix of that and, and, and getting your guys to kind of read and, and, and understand from week to week. And I think, you know, in those 10 days or in, in the beginning of, of August, when you're, you're prepping all different kinds of stuff, you know, I, I tried to, you know, have a practice. Now this, this week is Brookville week. Now this week is Eaton week. And, and this is what we're doing. And from day to day, so you go into two a day and, and you're maybe focusing on this team. And then the next day you're focusing on a different team and, and changing it from that perspective. But, um, you know, your guys have to be able to change gears uh, and have that understanding, I think. Okay. That's, that's one thing they'll ask you is how you prepare during August. And, and with you going, with you going, say, a team by day, how do you, is that mm-hmm. team related to, say, your install schedule where we're face, focused on the full house, how, how we line up the full house today and how we line or say we know we there's a good chance we'll see Springfield shiny in the playoffs. So um, we're going to focus on the, say, two by two, three by one stuff today. Right. We're going to use some of their stuff. How do you, when you're looking at each of those days, is it related to certain certain formations or is it just, okay, we know what this team's going to bring at us? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is um, formationally. Um, I, th- I think – I know at the college level they like to do a lot of stuff, um, you know, based on down and distance and, and position of the field. I haven't seen that as much at the high school level as far as tendencies. I think it's more formationally. So so I'm probably, I'm probably basing – obviously, you know, I see all the reports and I, and I know all those things going into a week, but – um, I think the formation's huge um, and personnel, their kids. So, um, you know, if, if we're starting out with, it's really what do we need to get better at? So like if week one is a wing T team, we got to make sure that we can defend that first, obviously. So that's kind of probably what we'll, we'll end to. And everyone knows that when you coach in August, you know, you end up running your week one team plays like way more than any other team. It just, it just ends up being that way, you know, I mean, it just does. And so, um, but you know, you, I mean, and part of it is you start out in the summer where you're doing seven on seven stuff. And so you can't really get into some of that downhill running stuff. And so that's kind of when I like to focus on if you have any camp days or whatever, we're focusing on the spread stuff and we're focusing on what a spread team will do in their runs and their zones and things like that. But, you know, at some point you got to, with the teams we play, you got to, you got to work on getting downhill um, and you got to work on, you know, trap and buck sweep and, and belly and all those things. And so, um, that's kind of probably where, you know, we'll start out in the, in the spread because that's what we'll see in the seven on seven. And then you can, you can kind of get into your run stuff once you get pads on and your, your downhill stuff, and then start ramping up for whatever your week one and week two. I've never really been a big, I've never really looked to the playoffs to rep that stuff up. I, I feel like for the most part, especially like you've mentioned, the schedule that we see, we'll probably have seen something like it moving up to there. Um, so, you know, um, I, I've never really done much with that. Okay. Now, the other thing I want to, I want to ask you is how you, how do you develop? I mean, obviously you've been there a long time. Um, so you understand, as you kind of mentioned earlier, the culture, the community, uh, the traditions, but from when you took over, how have you developed the culture that you wanted um, or restored some of the stuff that you liked? um that maybe you've seen throughout the time that you've been there yeah 
Um, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's been great to, I'm not, I'm not super, I want from a coaching staff perspective, from uh, the kids perspective, I want them to feel comfortable. Um, if you're a coach, you know, you're going to need to feel comfortable with what you're teaching, because if I have to teach you everything that you got to teach the kids, we're just not going to be as successful. Um, and the kids, um, you know, they, they all know that, that Valley View's had a great tradition. So to me, um, kind of, especially early, you know, and I, and I've told the kids this already is early, you know, we're going to see how things kind of go with, with what's happened. And then I'm going to take what I like and what I don't type of a thing. And so I think, um, I think the culture probably was pretty similar to what my personality is to begin with. Um, you know, that blue collar, go to work, um, go get after it, be physical. That's, that's the type of style that I would like to coach. That's what I hope people would say about the teams that, you know, when they play us, the teams that all coach, um, that would be their mentality. So, so to me, I think a lot of that already lined up, um, being disciplined, being consistent. Um, the consistency was big. Kids, uh, kids need to see, you know, coaching staff that's there and the consistency. And so um, I think, I, you know, my staff was great with that this year. Um, and so I think that was big. And, and just, I, I think it, it's hard when you, you haven't been there to know exactly what the kids like and, and what they're going to, what they're going to enjoy. And so having some experience was helpful with that and uh, understanding kind of what they, what kind of made them tick a little bit. And so having that relationship is always going to be big with kids. Uh, as far as them playing hard. So I don't really feel like I changed a lot, um, but I just know that it's always going to be something that, you know, you can look back and that's what's great about, you know, December, Christmas break and uh, January is you can think back and watch the film back and say, oh, we weren't very good at this. What do I need to do to change that? Or, you know, a, a situation arose and how can I be ahead of that? Um, how can I have something ahead of time to where the kids know that's not okay, um, or communication or whatever it may be. And, and just learning on that and I try to reflect a lot, try to reflect and keep notes of things that happen. Um, you never feel like you have enough time to do as much of that as you should as a head coach, but reflecting on what you did so you can look back and say, this is how this went. What did I do or what didn't I do? How can it, how can it go better? Yeah, and, kind of, and the last thing I'll ask you, because you kind of hit on it a little bit there is as, as you kind of reflect, like, and it doesn't have to be X or O's, but like, is there anything or is there any changes you plan on? Okay, hey, I should practice schedule-wise or summer schedule-wise or practice schedule-wise or weight room-wise. Is there anything like, ooh, I wish I wouldn't have done it like that or, ooh, we need to change this going forward Going, is there as you go into year, the next year? Yeah, there definitely is. And I don't think there's anything glaring, but, but you just – it doesn't take too long, you know, to where you can get out of a habit of something. And so there's little things, I think my communication with parents and, and my expectations can be a little more clear. And, um, you know, weight room was decent, but we've already met as a staff and Hey, these are the things that we need to see. And it, it was, it was really pretty, that's the thing that I'm excited about with having coaches that are, that are, have fresh perspective of value. You know, I have a little, I have a nice mix. I feel like, you know, and there, there's three guys that, they've never, never coached at Valley View. And so now they've seen them from the outside. They're familiar with them. Maybe they've coached against them, but they've never, uh, they've never coached in the building. And so getting their perspective and, and what they see and how it compares to other schools has, has been really nice. Um, we've met about the weight room already and some things that definitely need, you know, just some discipline things, some, some, some more effort things um, that they can improve, you know, and maybe they weren't terrible, but, but they need to improve. And so 
you know, later this week, we'll start that. And, and we're excited to, to put those things in. And um, I, I just think that clarity on expectations is something that always has to, it, it's like, you got to be on it because it'll get away from you just real quick, you know, and uh, cl clarity with parents, you know, that's always easy. I think I, I kind of let some, I didn't have like a rule book, you know, like, you know, even in my interview committee or, you know, when I go, when I interviewed it at any of the times, I never had a, a set of rules um, because I think it's, I, I wasn't quite sure what would be, what would be the, the sticking points or what would be things that would really need a, a set in stone rule. And uh, so now I can kind of see some of those things, like I need to have something in place so that kids know, Hey, you do this. If I don't have, if I don't have a policy in place, and then they do something. And I think it, I just assumed that nobody would ever do that or uh, and then, you know, I was wrong. So <laughs> so now, you know, I kind of got to get some of those things and just and that's really another part of communication. So, yeah, there's there's definitely things It is as well as we did, um, you know, in, in the win column and and winning the region and state semifinals. And that's all great. But there's always things. I think that's probably the, the worst thing about coaches the stereotypical coaching personality is there, there's always something you can improve on. You know, there's just always something you can get better at and you drive yourself crazy sometimes, but, but that's, that's the reality is there's always something you can improve on. Okay. Well, coaches uh, give him a follow on Twitter. Um, it'll be in the bio um, like share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz, check out our sponsor coach pads. Um, otherwise that is another episode of the gap down backer podcast.